0: Oops.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to uh, Saving Podcast Ryan, aka Houston. We have a podcast, aka whose podcast is it anyway? That's a TV show. It doesn't matter, even though we're talking about movies. As always, I am your co-host, Paulo. Um, I'm joined by my regular host, Carson, who does not want to do the intro today. Hooray. <laughs> and uh, today we have um, our two experts on randomness because guess what? Today is a random episode because we didn't want a theme, we didn't want to be limited or uh, held down by the man. Uh, So, our first guest uh, is Manon. Thanks
2: Uh, for having me, guys.
1: Yeah, anytime. Introduce yourself, please, with your movie and your character.
2: Well, my name's Manon. I will tell you that my movie character that I most define myself with is uh, Jonah Hill from Moneyball. He is a... Massive nerd, but he loves numbers and only wishes he could play sports. <laughs> uh, totally relate. I'm into sports, into numbers, and a movie that I relate to—not um, to be super uh, cliche about it—but is uh, Harold and Kumar. But from the point of view of um, Harold, also um, likes to have a good time, you know. But is, you know,
1: by also the end nerd. of the movie. By the end of the movie. Yeah. He doesn't like to have a good time at first. I don't. And I like uh, burgers. And, uh, yeah, that's
3: That's pretty much it. All right. I like myself a good
0: burger. Our
1: next specialist uh, of the random episode, David.
0: Introduce yourself, sir. So my name is David Knox. I have two names. The last name is Knox. It's a great name. (laughs) I mean, if
1: you want it out on the internet, sure.
0: That's fine. I'm sure they can find me any way they want anyway. All so, ten of uh, them. The two, the, yeah, right. Uh, the two movies I chose, or the movie and the character I chose. Uh, the first I chose was Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist to describe myself. Um, that's mainly because I tend to obsess over my ex-girlfriends every now and then. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. A little too personal for the internet, but that's fine.
2: Which <laughs> David Knox again?
0: I enjoy the candid. It's the, a the candid. 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 Yeah, it's like, no it's like you're speaking. in the room with me. It's okay. You can be here with me. Get to know me. Be my friend. <laughs> this is all um, we want. And the character I chose was uh, Hector from Hector and the Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, I say that because, you know, uh, I find that life does its in and outs and it gets kind of boring from every now and then. Everyone finds that kind of drab and wants to get along with life and find more out of it. I'm very much like that myself. Uh, Also, you know, my quests and my pursuit don't always turn out the way I want, but I tend to
1: learn something from them. And, you know, that pretty much describes me as as myself. All right. Thank you, Hector. Um, So... Like I said, it is the random episode today. Did I mention it's the random episode? Uh, we have a bunch of, hmm, I guess random things that, uh, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be starting off with, what?
4: Just go through
1: it, John. Okay. So, uh, just an overview of, uh, our agenda for today. We're going to discuss who should be the next Bond, James Bond, Bond, James Bond, <laughs> out of four, <laughs> sorry, five, uh, special categories, um. I'm going to jump into my social media update, as always. I know everyone's been uh, waiting this entire month for the next one. And then we're going to have Manon's uh, audio clip, followed by the the piece de resistance of our episode tonight, uh, Build Your Own Bank Heist Crew. So this... Uh, ah, well, I'll get into it later. <laughs> uh, we'll also have David's audio clip and... Um, I will keep in mind when we have those audio clips that we always have the questions that if you answer correctly, you could be a guest on this podcast. It's like the opportunity of a lifetime. So you know what? Listen up. Answer. Tweet us. Instagram. Slide in our, slide in our DMs. Um, and then finally, we're gonna end it off with the movie pitches. Slightly different this time. It's a it's a bit of a surprise. It's been something. It's something I've been working on for many, many years. It's a, it's an idea that I've had since I was a young lad. Can, can the mics hear my dog? Yes. Okay. Uh, but to start it off, I'm going to kick it to uh, my host, Carson, for uh, the first segment of Bond, James Bond.
4: Okay. So typically on this show, we have a lot of competitions. We have a lot of episodes where we have a judge, we have three people trying to compete for each other. And I think what we wanted to do first on this episode is we just wanted to have a, we're calling this segment the free-for-all, where we have a topic and we're just going to open it up for discussion and we're going to see where that goes. Maybe we'll agree with each other. We can take sides if we want. We can disagree with each other if we want. We won't know because we actually don't know what each other has picked for each of these categories. Uh, But the topic here is who should be the next Bond. And we have excluded white males from this, uh, for most of the segments that we're talking about. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, who should be the best Bond, who should be the next Bond, if it's going to be someone who's black, uh, if it's someone who is female, if it's somebody who is Indian, someone who, if they were to cast an active athlete, and then also just uh, who would be the worst Bond ever. So to start it off with our first category, and I think this is one where a lot of people may or may not pick the, the same person, but if you were to pick. The next Bond, and if this person had to be black, who would you pick? Uh, how about, David, how would you start us off?
0: So, I picked two people for this category. You can only pick one! <laughs> well, I chose two. <laughs> so, Wait, we're going to cut you off of the first one. Okay, fine. So, uh, <laughs> I think the most obvious choice here is everyone's kind of been discussing is Idris Alba. So, <laughs> you know, I, I picked him, but I also had a side one to pick as well because, you know, I think that one was kind of easy. All right, hit uh, us. I chose uh, Jaman Husu. <laughs> oh, my- <laughs>
4: The
1: Blood
0: Diamond. The Blood Diamond guy, yeah. He's, <laughs>
4: is he British?
0: I actually don't know if he's British. He's extremely not British. I don't think he's British. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this like, yeah, well, I don't know if James Bond has to be British.
2: But let's not get into that. I feel that's going to be the biggest debate.
3: Okay, how
4: about <laughs> how about,
2: how about <laughs> I also picked or Selva. I know it's a pretty, uh, pretty basic pick, but uh, I think in terms of suave and kind of the thing that uh, James Bond is about, I think he does represent that. And uh, that seems to be the most obvious pick, and that's for a reason.
4: Okay, I'm going against the grain here. Uh, Idris Elba is 45 years old. Usually you want your Bond to be playing it for about 15 years old. So that means, is he gonna be playing Bond when he's 60? David Bond, or sorry, James Bond in the, con, in the books is 37 years old, actually. Uh, I chose David Ayalawa, who played Martin Luther King from Selma. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Uh, Ooh, I think he's got that class down. I think what you want in a good Bond is somebody who can play the spy, who can be in disguise, who can... I want my Bond to be more spy than action hero. And I think Dave D'Angelo watches that. He's forty-one, so he's on the older side. Uh, but I think he has a bit of youth to uh, to play the role. Uh, follow up yourself.
1: Um. All right. I really I tried really really hard not to pick Idris Elba <laughs> because, like, I mean, let's face it, he's the natural choice. But in the interest of being different, I picked. I'm gonna butcher his name. Chi Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that's how you say his name, but. Huh? Jesus. All right. The, uh, that's who I picked. Oh. Um, he was... He's in Triple Nine. Kinky Boots. He's in... He's in Kinky Boots. He has extreme range. Yeah, he does. Um, He was also in Doctor Strange. Um, he is... I, he, I, he's not, like, classically handsome as you would think a James Bond to be.
4: He's a bit more rugged.
1: A little bit, yes. But, you know, they did that with uh, uh, Daniel Craig, and I think it worked... Uh, he was not my favorite Bond, but
0: I think...
4: So, something that might put the rest of this conversation in context, what do we all think about Daniel Craig as Bond?
0: Personally, I don't think he's a very good James Bond. And I only say that not because, like... Not because, like, he's, he's not British, first of all. But I personally think that he plays a kind of a weak James Bond. Um, British. He is British? Okay, so <laughs> I was going to You guys can fact-check me on this, because I have no facts whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I Gene. personally th- feel like he portrays James Bond as kind of a weaker character. I've seen the other James Bonds more composed. Like every time he's being tortured, or every time he's going through something, they're more composed, kind of thinking methodically about what he's going to do next. Um, I feel like Daniel Craig doesn't really portray that as James Bond.
4: I think he's a bit more rugged, and like I love Chow Yun before as an actor, but I think he's a bit too rugged. I think you're, like you're James Bond, you need somebody who like almost epitomizes class.
2: Correct, what, yeah. what about uh, John Bodega, the dude that plays Finn? Uh, he's 25 Finn. years old. Did you say Bodega? Bodega? Bo- bodega? Uh, isn't that bodega? a store? <laughs> bodega? <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Uh,
1: True, he's too yeah. young? True. Maybe he's got time. He's a little young. I think, but uh, as for Daniel Craig, uh, he was not my favorite. I grew up on um, Pierce Brosnan, who I think was the, the perfect balance of uh, serious and like silly, which is kind of not, okay, I don't want James Bond to be silly, but like, there's, that, there's that, a little bit of silly. Yeah, thing. there's a little bit of cheesy, like, spy, uh, like, crazy plot and, like, crazy way to get out of it for uh, uh, Okay, for so
4: kick this, uh, we'll move this right or wrong. Uh, we don't have a winner there, but I think Idris Elba probably is, like, the most popular pick for that one. Uh, so female Jane, James Bond, or Jane Bond, so to say. Uh, how about we, we'll go, uh, Matt,
2: and Um, The female that I think would be a great... Uh, Jane Bond. James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's probably uh yeah, Kate Beckinsale. I think mm-hmm. she's uh, again has that kind of uh, charisma and that personality to play a good James Bond. She's a- British. She is British. Uh, I did investigate. Was uh, born in uh, London. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. Uh, I think yeah, I great. think that makes her British. That makes her British. Probably. Uh, she's great in the underworld series and uh, she's pretty composed. So
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say she's great in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably is. She is very. Also, but- yeah.
4: Uh, so who I chose was Naomi Harris, who oh. actually plays Money Penny in the current Bond series. is so you went and
1: with two black Bonds,
4: I went with two black Bonds. Naomi, she's forty-one. I think she pulls off class really well. She pulls off uh, like spy. I think she looked really good in like a really classy dress. And I also putting Naomi Harris means I'm keeping the exact same Bond universe. I'm keeping Christoph Waltz as Blofeld. I'm keeping Ralph Fiennes as M. I'm keeping the whole universe, but it's Money Penny becomes Bond. Naomi Harris.
1: Oh, is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my female James Bond, you know what? I broke the rules on this one. I said uh, Gal Gadot. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> because, British. Yeah. you know what? My only reason, she should be in everything.
4: It's like the least British accent ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But I will say this. Um, her in, as Wonder Woman in like the Batman versus Superman uh, movie, like how she's like confident and like uh, just, uh, what's the word? Um... Uh, Composed, uh, suave-ish,
3: yeah.
2: That's a good
1: pick. I think she was a good embodiment of of a female James Bond if she was British. Yeah, she should be in everything.
0: I think I went way off with you guys on picking a British actor actress for Jane Bond. I went with Helena Bowman Carter. Oh Oh, my! As Jane Bond, because I want my female James Bond to be crazy. Great. a Isn't completely she, uh, insane James completely Bond in, because Jane Jane Bond or oh, James sorry, Bond Jane. is actually kind of insane all in itself um, I think you know that character will portray you know the crazy things that Jane Bond would need to do <laughs> wasn't
2: she in Harry Potter yep yeah. Bellatrix she was Bellatrix she, she killed Sirius Black correct <laughs> so she can kill any Super Gary Bullion. Oldman <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive Um,
1: <laughs> wait what
4: We're moving right along. We're going right to Indian James Bond. Big Uh, range there. I'll start this off. (laughs) The actor I chose was a lot younger than I wanted, but I really didn't have a lot of options on this one.
3: Uh,
2: I chose Dev Patel. Uh, I didn't really know any other (laughs) actor. I'll go next. I actually also picked Dev Patel because I think he's... uh, I don't know, better looking than Riz Ahmed, who I think is pretty that good. Those my two options, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't think Aziz Ansari would uh, fit that bill, but. Oh my God! Th- I'm James
3: Bond. <laughs> out of those three, I think that Patel
2: has uh, got some sort of range and can go uh, either way, and uh, he's the best looking of the three. So, good work. Just gotta shave that uh, that goatee. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, I went way off topic again. Sorry, guys. I chose uh, not an Indian James Bond, but a Native American James Bond because, <laughs> because Indian can mean many things. <laughs> That's extremely racist. So, I chose uh, Adam Beach, which is pretty much <laughs> the guy who plays every Native American actor in who? American Talk. Adam Beach.
1: Um, he was in, uh, you know, have you seen Wind Talkers? No. Oh, God. It's a Nicolas Cage War movie. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, I have
3: seen that.
1: Yeah, and he's like the Navajo. Anyway, interp- uh, hey, no, I'll
3: look this up after. All oh, right, whatever. He's...
1: Oh, I I picked, um, you know, I I took, I took a little bit of, I took (laughs) liberties with uh, the category of Indian (laughs) and I picked Oded Fair. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure he's not Indian. I think he's like Middle Eastern, but he was, he's in the, he's in the Resident Evil movies. Uh, He's in the mummy movies as like the Medjai, the leader of the Medjai. Oh, that's a good one actually. Yeah. I mean like he has, he has the suaveness of uh, of james bond but i think he can also like oh damn i think like the 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 tone of the mummy movies where he's like he's a, the serious guy but he's also like kind of he has his his funny moments so would he be like you he know, would he would die james bond or <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, sure you know james no bond but i mean like he, him. <laughs> like my so again my ideal james bond is pierce brosnan and i think he would embody that as the quote-unquote Indian James Bond. So
4: this is the only category so far where we have a unanimous winner, because we actually only had one actor who's, who's actually, actually Indian. British. So James If that helps. We've officially agreed on. Uh, so the next one was, uh, if you had to pick a active athlete who is a professional athlete to play James Bond in a movie, who would you pick? Uh, Apollo starts off.
1: I will start, um, I went completely not British with this one, and I picked Dwayne Wade as the athlete James Bond. Um, I'm seeing some faces. I don't know if they picked him too, but... Uh, Dwayne no, Wade is, no, is consistently... No. Huh? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I mean, like... I- I'll be honest, I don't have a lot behind this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you... I don't want to say that I think he's good-looking. You
4: saw a picture of him in a suit
1: and you were like, James... <laughs> no, I-, I-, I think it was some, like, fashion contest between NBA players that I, like, heard about a long time ago. And then just from then on, oh no, he had a commercial where he was like a secret agent. He played a secret agent, that's why. Is it a T-Mobile commercial? commercial It might have been. (laughs) And he played a secret agent, and he was like, I could see this. Like, not really, but sure. All right, dude, who do you
0: pick? Okay, so I actually picked Prince Harry. He is a rugby player, so he (laughs) counts as an athlete.
4: Professionally?
0: He is the most British that British can get.
4: Is he a professional rugby player, or does he play rugby in his off time?
0: Does it really make a difference he's the prince? We chose professional athlete like the criteria. It. No, it doesn't. Because I think, I think, yeah, he's the I'm prince. I'm just trying he's to disqualify royalty. you, because that's a really choice. <laughs> it's a really great choice, right? Because he is the embodiment polar, let's be of Britishmen. He's classy. He's composed.
1: Right? I mean... Being Prince is a great cover for James Bond, it's pretty isn't good. it? He would make the best James Bond. He's hiding in plain you know, sight. He's royalty.
2: Uh, man in a so. I said uh, Gareth Bale. He plays for Real Madrid. A real British dude.
1: I thought you said Gareth Dole, who works at <laughs> Soft Choice. No, 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 no. no. Well, <laughs> he's British
2: too, actually. Yeah. 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 He's on our soccer team. I think that should count. Gareth is a very British name, I guess. Yeah. Gareth Bale, though. He's uh, born in Wales, one of the best uh, soccer players in the world. And he uh, seems very suave. And a British. So, you know, it's pretty important. <laughs> I think the two British. themes of James Bond here are suave and British. Hashtag. All right.
4: So I chose Lewis Hamilton, who was an nice. F1 driver. Uh, he was really the only notable British athlete that I could think of. Um, yeah, that's about it.
1: <laughs> I think we're going to have to put pictures up of the last two.
4: Maybe er- everyone. are <laughs> a, a man. So, partner. one thing I'll note is that of the four categories so far, I've picked three people who are black. Luis Hamilton's also black.
1: Did he not is. know that.
4: <laughs> Actually, he's like he's half, I think. Yeah, yeah he's, I he seems half. He's pretty light. Looks like okay. <laughs> Google has told us he is half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to end this segment off, I know a lot of you guys are looking forward to this one. What? Nothing. Okay. Uh, worst Bond ever. Uh, David, who did you choose? I chose Vernon Troyer.
0: Ver, Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer. Sorry. Vern Troyer. <laughs> it, for those who don't I'm know, gonna that's Mini you on Me. That one, and that's Minimi.
4: <laughs> <laughs> other Wait, than him You going to challenge him already? Yes, other than him being short, why would you choose him? I you know what? I chose him
0: based on, you know, the character he played as Minimi, right? Now, I get it. It's a spoof James Bond movie. But at the same time, like he's kind of clumsy in that movie. He doesn't really speak very well. Or you know, at you all. Can't, you can't choose a James Bond who doesn't communicate well because that's you know ninety percent of his game. You, you know he he can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he can, right? But can he talk charmingly? I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. That's I don't think point. he can.
2: <laughs> I think I went kind of similar there, and I picked uh, Danny DeVito. Oh, are we I just going in on? order of height? <laughs> Who Maybe. also played Vern Troyer in Goldmember? I <laughs> yeah. should point out. Um, yeah, I think uh, his character kind of uh, does not suit the uh, ideal James Bond, hmm. and I'll leave it at that.
3: I mean,
4: All right, uh, you guys seem to go for like the opposite of the the typical class and uh, you know image of James Bond. I went with someone a little different. Uh, I think the worst James Bond, Bill Cosby. Oh, Whoa. imagine <laughs> her, her, her. James Bond having well, to seduce women as Bill Cosby. With, with drugs? Well, he he does. <laughs> he always gets his woman. So all your picks are black? No, not the Indian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of a stipulation. <laughs> yeah. No, even the Indian. <laughs> but he's not British, Bill Cosby. Yeah, that makes him even a worse. James Bond. He's not even British. Oh. Uh,
1: wow. I'm still hung up on Bill Cosby. I actually forgot who I picked. <laughs> oh, uh, I picked uh, for my worst James Bond ever, Seth Rogen, um, <laughs> no. because there is zero we suaveness. Green Lantern, though. He was ter. He was know, terrible. Not Green Lantern, uh, Green Hornet.
4: Green oh, Hornet. yeah. Sorry, oh, right. Green
1: Hornet. Yeah, but no, he was like the worst superhero. One, two. Imagine him ordering coming up to the bar. He's like, "I'll have a a martini, shaken, not stirred." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's that's my argument for Seth Rogan. That's can, the can worst we, Bond.
4: Bill Cosby's the worst. I yeah. I'll have to give it to Bill Cosby actually. <laughs> that's that's.
1: I I've never heard of James Bond uh, roofing <laughs> his his Bond girl.
4: All right. Well, we didn't have uh, a chance to any. Uh... Wrapping up the segment, any particularly good choices that you'd like to applaud some of your co-hosts as here? Ones that you didn't think would be good?
0: I'd really like to actually applaud Bill Cosby, (laughs) because that was actually pretty funny. (laughs) I thought that was a good pick for a really bad choice of James Bond.
4: I I would like to say that Idris Elba probably would be the best Bond. Uh, I was just trying to find a way not to choose Idris Elba, because he's the obvious choice, but... I like
1: really there there's really nothing else you could like for a good James Bond, I I personally don't see any other direction they could go right now other than Idris Elba. Sure he's old, but like he's a he's a beast. Plus black don't crack, so I mean <laughs> your,
4: your logic doesn't <laughs> If we work. open this up to other categories, Tom Hiddleston, perfect bond. I don't think that gets any better
1: than that. Oh, this is gonna Loki? Loki. Loki I don't agree with
4: that. <laughs> really?
1: I don't see Bond as a trickster, you know?
4: He's suave. He's good-looking. He I can good see that, see. actually.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, a fair point. point. He's a, He looks a little fragile to me, you know? Would you prefer Thor playing James Bond? No. <laughs> I don't want
4: James Bond being, like, a big, muscly guy. I want somebody who's really oh a yeah. spy and investigative most of the time. And then every once in a while, punch someone in the face.
1: Yeah. I mean, I th- I think... Well, I mean, I don't, I, f- I don't think I have to argue for Idris Elba anymore. Because, like... He can punch someone in the face, but also he has, like, just listen to his voice. He just makes, he makes you melt. Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting too creepy about Idris Elba. I'm going to stop. <laughs>
4: uh, okay, so we'll end it there. Uh, the, uh, we'll hand it over to Paulo for our social media update for the month.
1: All right, the moment you've all been waiting more. more. <laughs> Sorry, that's the beer talking. Um, Our social media update. So lots of, uh, a few things to, uh, okay, like three things to announce. (laughs) Um, We have tallied up our likes on YouTube. We have hit a new record of 18, 18 likes. Uh, Side note, that is for all our episodes combined. (laughs) But I'd also like to shout out our one likes from South Korea. Um, Thank you, whoever you are. Um, I hope you stay safe in the war to come. (laughs) Um, I'd also like to point out... uh, These are all Carson's notes, by the way, off the YouTube page. Um, Our audience is extremely male. So, like, out of maybe, let's say, 50 views... Let's say 40 of those 50 views are guys... Minus the 45 to 54-year-old female range. 45 to 54... Female.
3: You're,
1: yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd like to shout out my mom and Carson's mom. <laughs> Thank you for uh, being avid listeners. Uh, I will come home and visit more.
4: So maybe we should have more female guests on. So remember, if you respond to any of our clips that are coming up, if you answer any of our questions, you could be on. We need some female guests.
2: Answer.
1: Even if you tweet us anything at all, um, sure. Hey, you have a great chance. What is Uh, your Twitter handle? Thank you for asking, (laughs) Manon. Our Twitter handle is at HWHA podcast. That stands for Houston. Sorry, what? Say that again? That was kind of fast. At HWHA podcast. Stands for Houston, we have a podcast. The number one Houston, we have a podcast in the world.
2: I would say that as an avid follower of this particular Twitter handle, I think it was great during TIFF. And, uh, worth the follow. Funny you should mention that, Manon, because,
1: um, our, uh, Twitter maestro, Carson, uh, had a great time at TIFF. He had a blast. Uh, and I would like to shout out the two connections, the several connections he made at TIFF. Number one, Tanner Z. Tanner Zipchen. Shout out to you, buddy. If you don't know who Tanner Z. is, go to a movie in the theater, watch it, get there early. Because he's in the pre-show and he's uh, explaining, uh, like, tech stuff and random things. And he introduces time play. And he's from I Saskatoon. Think. And he's from Saskatoon. Mm. Just like Carson. <laughs> and, um, uh, I'd also like to shout out Bria <laughs> Vin- Vinate. The star of the Florida, Florida Project and the producer of the Florida Project, Chris... Bergoche, I'm not, like names. I I can't do names. Both of uh both of whom uh liked and or retweeted our official Twitter. So uh big moves there. Um, anything to add from your experience at Twitter, Carson? I mean, at Twit Tiff. Oh my God! More beer. Uh,
4: there was one guy I saw a movie. Uh, Call me by your name. He said, "Let me know how it goes." I never responded to you. I'm sorry. It was okay. <laughs> All right, and with that, um, I'm going
1: to kick it to our first audio clip for Menon. You want to say a little something about
2: us, about this clip? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself.
5: Oh, good one. Oh my
1: God, that's so good.
5: My people are out there. They're like fucking Indians. You're not going to see them, you're not going to hear about them, except through me or Captain Queenan. You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. Unfortunately, this shithole has more fucking leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Fuck yourself. I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? Good, she's tired from fucking my father. All right, look, we got a guy who says he hears Costello's moving the process to China. He set up the whole fucking job in Pop Kennefic. You do not want to miss it if Costello takes a dump. We'd miss a lot less if you made your informants available to us and, of course, to the bureau. Without asking for too many details, do you have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. My theory on feds is they're like mushrooms. Feed him shit and keep him in the dock. Girls have a good day. (laughs) Thank you
4: for that clip, Manon. Uh, As always with social media, we send out a question and if you can answer it. uh, Our favorite, we're going to go for a bit of an opinion piece this time of who is your favorite actor in The Departed? Uh, I think there's a lot of different options there. Uh, Before I end this segment, I'm going to take this opportunity to hug the mic and to attack Manon. You said earlier on that you were like Harold in Harold and Kumar and you said you like burgers. But you're vegetarian. (laughs) Veggie
2: burgers are a thing.
4: I just want to call you out on that shit because no one likes veggie burgers.
2: God damn it! will change change your life. I also like veggie burgers. Uh, (laughs) There you are, right there. Carson
3: lost.
4: (laughs) This is not a good start to a fight segment. Uh, And we are uh, just transition that over to Paulo. Take it away.
1: All right, the other fan favorite fan fan segment, the fight segment. Oh my god, that break was longer than I thought.
4: This is the build your squad segment.
1: This is the build your, yeah, but it's a fight. So you build your squad and then you fight the other squads. So this one is the bank heist. Shout out to Nihal for giving us the inspiration for this uh, segment. Uh, it's not the exact, we tweaked it a little bit to uh, fit our guests, but we will be using your exact idea, Mr. Nihal. I know you're listening. Uh, for the next episode or maybe another episode. (laughs) Um, But, so anyway, sorry, back to the bank heist. Uh, I've had our host, Carson, and our two special guests, Manon and David, pick their ideal bank heist team out of uh, any movie character. It was open to anyone. The only caveat was that they cannot have superpowers or like, and they, they were bound to technology of 2017. So we have four roles that they had to fill. We have the leader who draws up the plan. He's the mastermind and he leads the team because he's the leader. We have the muscle who roughs up and intimidates the bank manager and, and goes into the vault, takes the money, packs it up. He's, a, he's the brawn of the team. We have the crowd control who is kind of a... A wild man or a woman i don't discriminate they keep uh they keep the bank under control all the hostages, all the employees the uh the security whoever's in there they got that shit on lock. and finally they have the driver who, in my opinion, my humble opinion, is the most interesting role in this uh whole bank heist team uh the driver drives. <laughs> They get they get that team from point A to point B once they leave. Think, uh, think the transporter, the transporter, Jason Statham. Um, that would have
0: been a great driver, by the way.
1: You? Yeah. For I, oh, like oh, you. I'm David. Sorry, I didn't pick him. No. Oh, but he would have oh, been a great pick. I I only mentioned him as an example because no one picked him surprisingly. Anyways, ah, uh, but curveball, I threw. I'm throwing in a wild card into each one of these teams. They might help. They might hurt. They're definitely going to hurt. They're not going to help. <laughs> uh, I'd like to start <laughs> off with ity Mini miney David. No, just kidding. Carson.
4: What?
1: <laughs> hey, you got you to be on your toes. It's a bank heist.
4: Do I have my wild card now or no? Uh, no. Start. Right. So uh, the leader of my team, I picked uh, Sam from Ronan, uh, played by Robert De Niro. Uh ex-special forces uh, agent who has turned into a mercenary and who is he's not necessarily robbing banks in the in the movie Ronin but he's definitely robbing people so robbing banks is not that much of a stretch for him um, my crowd control is Michael Atwood played by Chiwetel Ijiwafor in triple nine uh, ex-CIA agent uh, who is very professional, very capable of handling any distraction that comes his way and improvising. Um, one thing I'll mention about the first two guys is they were both, both leaders and getaway drivers in Bank Heist, so they have a lot of versatility if anyone goes down in their, uh, uh, in their heist. Um, I'm also for the, the crowd control. None of you guys will be able to refute this, but I'm picking Gigi. From The Racer and The Jailbird. Uh, this is a movie I saw at TIFF. No one, it's not out in theaters. No one else has seen it yet. Then is it, uh, refuse it. <laughs> to, to give you a bit of a background on this guy, uh, he's big muscular guy. Uh, he's been a criminal since he was eight years old, in and out of juvie. He's a career bank heist uh, criminal. Uh, I'll give you guys the courtesy of telling you his weaknesses. Uh, he has a weakness for the love of his life, his girl, uh, and he's also afraid of dogs. Uh, But otherwise, he's he's a big physical guy. He's very calm under pressure. He's very relaxed. Like, he's very calm-headed. And then the driver of my team, I am picking Driver from Drive, played by Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's extreme. The one thing that I'll stress for my team is professionalism. Uh, These are people who know what their job is. They get in, out, and on with business. If anything goes wrong, they know how to handle it. I have two ex-Special Forces agents and two other people who are career criminals who are very professional at what they do.
1: Oh, and with time to spare. Okay, time for your wild card, Carson. Uh, you mentioned that GG. Uh, I'd like to add just really quickly that uh, there is nothing that can be found on Racer and the Jailbird. Manon and David are furiously googling. Uh, There's nothing to be found I mean, on I the couldn't
0: internet. I can't even find Sam from Ronan. No
1: <laughs> Anyways, your wild card is John Wick. He happened to be in, He happened to be in the bank with his dog. Gigi murdered his dog oh being afraid God. of dogs. John Wick has gone off and killed Sam.
4: What does your team do? So, John Wick is a formidable force, but at the same time, I have two ex-Special Forces agents. So, presumably, Michael Atwood... Sorry,
1: Sam is already dead. Sam is dead? Yeah. Sam from Ronin. John Wick killed him. What? (laughs) Because he killed his dog. At at this point...
4: Okay, I still have Michael Atwood, and I think Michael Atwood, at the end of the day, he's going to make sure that the job gets done. So, if it means leaving Sam and... and, Wait, is Gigi dead? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, so if it means getting out of there and that you know they have to leave uh, Sam behind, like uh, he's dead, they obviously have to. They're gonna act professionally and they're gonna leave. Uh, the driver, played by Ryan Gosling, like he's not gonna mind. Like that's less weight in his car, he's gonna be able to get away. So he's he's out the door, he's on. They've got the money. Uh, Me, we'll John Wick remember. is in pursuit. I'd like to stress. that.
0: I, I would like to say that too because John Wick is relentless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like yeah. to could say that Ryan it, Gosling is a much better driver <laughs> than John
4: Wick. He's gonna get away.
0: But will John Wick stop well, but pursuing will they get him? No, 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 Wait, you can stop pursuing if you want.
4: You're going to be like, it follows from it follows. Where you, know, you can walk across the ocean if you want. My guy's faster. He's going to get away.
1: But John Wick will be there.
0: Do you want your, <laughs> do
4: you want your 30 seconds? Uh, <laughs> I think John Wick is a little bit played up a little bit. Like he's... His headshots are a little bit fantastical. I think I'm going to take an ex-special forces agent, plus uh, one of the most amazing drivers in the world, plus a career criminal who's very calm headed, and uh, he made a mistake. But the one thing that Gigi, just remember this: he owns up for his mistakes. He's going to sit in the bank. He's going to sit there and face his punishment from John Wick while the other two get away. He saves four, three. Wow! Sacrifice play. Okay
1: with okay that was like perfectly on time i'm gonna throw it to manon all
2: right hit me with your team all right in regards to the bank heist uh i think i'll start with the leader i think the leader of the team would be uh george clooney's character from oceans 11 i mean obviously a born leader in that particular role uh plans a perfect heist uh um, with multiple casinos with all kinds of security and uh he has that uh character that uh other people on his team would respect and will go along with the plan that um, is created. Crowd control, I think, is a great pick. Is uh, the Joker. I think uh, he's a wild card. He's crazy. He's, you gave uh, your own wild, a wild card. card. He's a, <laughs> for a bank heist, right? He's going to keep the people entertained, but at the same time, at the same time, they're going to be... mobilized with fear. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point right there. That's the point. You know you don't want any uh, shenanigans happening. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> in regards...
2: To the muscle, I think uh, Jason Bourne, great. He's got every sort of skill that you could ever need. I think if you were going to take uh, a previous segment into mind, I think Jason Bourne could kick uh, James Bond's ass. And I think uh, he's got the muscle, he's got the finesse, and uh, he could take anyone down. And then, a um, movie that I saw recently, Baby Driver, I think Baby would be a great driver because. Because Uh, the movie's called Baby Baby Driver. Baby (laughs) Driver. Exactly. He navigates through streets. You know, he's uh, fancy like that. Drives a Subaru. And uh, yeah, listens to sweet tunes. Can't hurt. And uh, yeah, that's my uh, four people. All right.
1: Time for your wild card. I almost changed it when... Because I forgot you changed your muscle to the... uh, Your crowd control to the Joker. But I'm sticking with my original wild card. Ooh. (laughs) Jason Bourne. Is your wild card. And he happens yes. to be on your team. He has gotten shot by the security. He's knocked out for most of the, the robbery. He comes to, he's lost his memory. He wakes <laughs> up in the middle of a robbery. Being the good-hearted
2: person he is, he tries to stop it. What does your team do? You're not the joker on our team. First of all, Jason Bourne isn't going to just abandon like a bank heist in the middle of a... Uh, he won't know what's going on. Why would he just defend a bank heist? He has
1: amnesia, be- and he's a good man. And he has the training. Mm, that, is good, <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> that is quite the stumper. I'm not gonna <laughs> that. What do, come on. What's, what are the, the, the merits of your team to overcome Jason You know, Jason what,
2: you know what's going to happen? We're going to let the, uh, the Joker take over. If you've seen the, the opening Bankai scene in uh, The Dark Knight, oh. he's just going to go right into playing. George is gonna, gonna kill. kill We're just gonna kill. We're just gonna kill Jason Bourne. <laughs> Fuck him. Great. Right? He's fucking got amnesia. Kick his ass. But he's done. All right. Then uh, baby's sitting outside. George and uh, the Joker's got it. He's pretty scary for all, for the for the team. So I think uh, the Joker takes over, and uh, that's that. We just kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. B- uh, before I throw it to uh, David's team, I would just like to point out Jason Bourne is a highly trained. Uh, like black
2: ops but agent, a bullet can't stop. I don't know. He got shot twice in uh, <laughs> the the born identity. Shoot him three times. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know
1: that that is a good. <laughs> now the Joker got these scars. Touche. All right. Uh, do you want your minute and a half?
3: I
2: think my point's taken. Mm. Yeah, that's a fair point.
1: confidence. I like it. All right. I'm gonna throw it to David. Uh, hit me with your bank heist team.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna start with the driver. Uh, I chose Rocket from Guardians in the Galaxy. Right? Because he is the best
1: driver in the galaxy, period. <laughs> Keep in mind, he is bound to Earth, and he has to drive a car, not a spaceship. Uh,
0: I didn't say that. My getaway vehicle is actually a tank. I'll get to that.
3: <laughs> anyway. What? I want to hear this. Second.
0: <laughs> second I have for uh, Muscle, I actually chose Django Fett, which is the greatest bounty hunter in the universe. Well, supposedly, but we'll see what happens. I couldn't pick the other guy from the uh, Clone Wars. I don't even know his name. You know the guy in the blue? He's like an alien, but he's not actually a real character. What? The second bounty hunter. Oh, what's his name? Oh, Cat Bane. Cat Bane. Yeah. Wow. But, I'm yeah. surprised you know him. Yeah, Cat Bane. But he's a, little, he's a little edgy, so I didn't pick him. <laughs> Django Fett is a little bit more stable than Cat Bane. So I went with him. Uh, as for crowd control, I went with Will Smith from, Sp- uh, from Focus. So Nikki, Nikki Spurgeon, right, for the crowd control. And as the leader, I tried chose... Why is he
1: crowd ca- control? No, sorry.
3: Continue. <laughs> Why is he crowd control? I'd like to just say he's crowd
0: control because he's actually also a mastermind. So he'll be able to distract the crowd in a way that they're not being distracted. So he has a master He's a plan. magician. Correct. But also, <laughs> you're very sneaky. So unlike you guys, my team is not professional at all. They're a bunch of cod men and down hunters. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a little variety. Uh, and also, as the leader, I chose Brad Pitt from Fury. That exact same Ooh. character. And that's actually why my getaway vehicle is, is a tank, team. because he is a tank commander. Smart. Okay. So, that's pretty much it.
1: <laughs> all right. What's my wild card? All right. You're ready for your wild card? I don't know if I'm ready for my wild card. <laughs> your wild card, good. okay... You mentioned that Django Fett is your, uh, crow- uh, sorry, muscle? Correct. Your wild card is young Boba Fett. He, his son, Django Fett's son, <laughs> has snuck into the getaway vehicle just to tag along with father because he wants to learn so bad. He, Correct. he gets into the bank. He's taken hostage by a security guard and shootout ensues. Boba Fett is killed. Your muscle is distraught with sadness. What does your team do?
0: I think that actually Brad Pitt is the right person to console this guy because he's been through <laughs> World War II and many horrible things that he's seen so I think that Brad Pitt will be able to console uh, Django Fett for the loss of his son
1: he goes into dr. plus
0: mode. plus at the same time you always got to keep in mind Jango Fett or Bubba Fett is a clone of Django Fett so you can actually go out and make another clone but then again 2017 technology so is it really Django Fett I don't know
1: maybe but the wild card is exempt from twenty seventeen
0: technology. 20- <laughs> from
1: from twenty seventeen, right? Because technically, the, he's they not cloned there, that sheep back in like two thousand four. <laughs> so the clone well. Exactly. How is well, this so, raccoon so
0: driving this tank. Ah, uh, no, 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 no! He's not a raccoon. What? He's not a raccoon. Rocket, Rocket raccoon? Rocket is not a raccoon. Yes. We've been his, over this. His name okay, is Rocket so. raccoon. <laughs> his name is Rocket raccoon. Yes, but at the same time, he's not a genet- he's not a raccoon. He's a genetically modified animal that's put together that looks like a raccoon it just happens to be in 2017 i allowed it because
1: he doesn't have superpowers he doesn't have any superpowers (laughs) he's just he's just intelligent he He just looks he he is the size of a raccoon
0: he looks like a raccoon but he isn't a raccoon has he ever driven a tank before he can drive a spaceship i'm sure he can drive a tank wait
1: time out time out you guys are starting to fight um (laughs) actually we're making good time you have more time to fight (laughs) so um this is the free-for-all round everyone kill each other go
4: Okay, I have problems with Madden's team. (laughs) Well, first thing, way too many morals on that team for a bank bank heist crew. Uh, I don't think that Jason Bourne is even getting in there in the first place. I think it's just justifiable that he would turn against his team. He's got way too many morals. George Clooney, he's a nice guy. He likes ripping off people who deserve to be ripped off. Like, how many banks are you going to find that that he, by his personal morals, think that deserve to be ripped off? Baby Driver also has a lot of morals. Way too many morals. Your Bank heist crew needs to be more cynical, like my team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're not a t- talking raccoon. I don't even know your team. I can't even oh, man. That's... <laughs> I can't even yeah, I you want of a agree. Bank heist crew of criminals. Oh, you, you, don't, you don't know who they are. <laughs> no, no, not my team. Your team. I can't I can't rebuttal that. But in terms of honor, uh, I think Madden is just giving <laughs> All right.
4: Well, okay. On my team, like Sam's been killed, Gigi has jumped on the bomb, so there's no longer anything that they're fighting against. It's Michael Atwood and Ryan Gosling from Drive. They're getting away. They clearly have gotten away. Nothing else to, to fight about. It.
0: I think that the biggest like problem with your team is that John Wick is in pursuit. That is like the <laughs> worst possible no, thing no, like, ever. Yes, Gigi- use the wild card. I thought really hard <laughs> about this because John Wick. John Wick will chase you to the ends of the earth.
4: No, no, because Actually, he's found it. Gigi is the one who killed his dog. Gigi has jumped on the bullet he did this actually in the movie you don't know this (laughs) because movie but in racer in the jailbreak he actually gives up and says you know what i deserve this punishment and john wick being a guy who is also full of morals he sees a guy who's like you know what this guy made a mistake it's like he knows the difference between a guy who deserves to be shot in the face and somebody who is like genuinely remorseful and i think gigi's a nice enough guy that him and john wick will say you know what i'm no longer in pursuit of Michael Atwood and the driver because they're not the one who killed his dog. You know, it's all about Gigi, and Gigi is a guy that I actually like, and he's an honorable <laughs> person, so I'm not going to kill him either. Gigi survives. Sam may have died, but there's no one on my team who loves Sam so much that they're going to go revenge after him. They've gotten away the professional. Don't I let his persuasiveness miss- hypnotize you.
2: I don't think he gives a fuck if you know, if he kills his dog and he's a nice guy. That dude that killed his dog in the movie, John Wick, he was a nice guy. No, he wasn't. He was a nice guy. <laughs> he was when a he fucking was, asshole. He was, but he was nice after. He's a little pussy. I think, I think, uh... He wasn't John nice at all. John, John Wick wants revenge. I, I don't think he's okay, going to stop so that. kill Gigi. You still got
0: my two guys who get in the way. I think, I think John Wick will absolutely kill Gigi and be semi-satisfied with actually executing the person who killed his dog and the other guy. But John Wick is also the type of character at the same time who will turn around and be like, you know what? Maybe not.
4: No, that's the opposite of his character. He kills, in the first John Wick movie, he kills who he wants to kill, and then all he wants to do is be left alone. Like, he gets his revenge, and ultimately he just wants to go and have a peaceful life. And people keep...
2: And then they killed his dog. People keep you know coming what happened? After
4: him, but as long as no one's coming after him, he's not going to come back.
0: I think if your team bought him a dog, he'll be fine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point.
1: Are you helping him? I'm just saying, you should buy him a dog. So let's go on to your team, David.
0: Uh, (laughs) It's
4: a great team. (laughs) Brad Pitt's Fury. He was actually like an asshole leader. He was like the correct person.
0: Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. You need an asshole leader to control uh, Jango Fett, Rocket, (laughs) and possibly especially considering Jango
1: has lost his son.
4: (laughs) And and also, let's consider that Rocket is a complete wild card. He pulled off a quote-unquote heist at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where he grabs the batteries and then. While doing that, he actually opens his bag and shows Drax, Hey, I've stolen these batteries in the middle of the people who he's actually just robbed. The only thing he had to do was not show everyone what he's just done, and he showed everyone what he's done. How they didn't see it is a complete mystery, but like he's gonna do something stupid and then when he's getting away, he doesn't let Peter Quill drive through the field, even though Peter's doing a good field, <laughs> doing a good job. He has to take over because he has to be the one to make himself succeed. Also, this is leaning on tank. This is like exactly really slow. How is he gonna get this away? This is exactly
0: why tank? the the getaway vehicle is a tank. Okay. So there's only one driver of the tank. There's not two. You can only have one. Rocket is the driver, period. There's no one the... trying <laughs> to take over it? the tank. It's only Rocket driving the tank. Um, to, your, to your second point, uh, what was it? He's kind of reckless, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. He is very reckless. <laughs> but let me ask a second question. Now, did Brad Pitt's team seem any more reckless than
4: the crew that he has now? They were in the middle of fucking World War II. They could get this away with not that. This is like the middle this is of the street pro- like, where a bank is. I, was, I was preparing an argument for if anyone chose anyone from Fast and the Furious. Because <laughs> the problem with their getaways is that they essentially let the entire city know that there's a heist going on. And it's like, there's actually been somebody who hijacked a tank and like drove through some city in the US. I can't remember who it was. But like... How did it go? So,
0: let let me, let me ask you a question. If they were to get cornered and they're surrounded by police vehicles...
1: Wait, whose team? Are you talking about... My team. team. Oh, okay.
0: Who in that tank would have a getaway plan? No one. No Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith. Oh, Nicky okay. version. <laughs> he had a failsafe plan. That. He had a failsafe plan for every con. He has to have a failsafe plan for the con that he's pulling on the bank heist. That's an awful a movie. Fucking by the way. bullshit movie. <laughs> Shit movie. <laughs> but did Margo he get Robbie. away? Yeah, he did. <laughs> get away. So does the rest of his team get away? That's okay, Rapid Robbie sacrifices himself, Rocket was willing to sacrifice himself, Django Fett dies. Rocket's willing to <laughs>
4: sacrifice himself.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. No, he's not. Can he even function without Groot? He is the most <laughs> selfish person. I should have chose Groot, that was actually a great
3: choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, could, I wasn't allowed anybody with superpowers. Groot was kind of pushing it with the superpowers.
2: But a talking raccoon is fine. He's not a raccoon. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, like, I think this is kind of uh, questionable. I think Rocket Raccoon is a raccoon.
0: Listen, his name is Rocket Raccoon because he looks like a raccoon. But now, so he's, he's not actually. He looks a like a raccoon. actually. Listen, like they did a DNA scan on scan on him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. He's not a raccoon. Maybe they
4: just have incomplete data records and don't have Earth or Terran. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, that wouldn't be true because they picked up Chris Pratt with some Terra.
4: Yeah, but they might not have complete records. I think he's still of a raccoon. raccoon.
0: There are yeah, like millions so. of them running around Toronto. <laughs>
4: yeah, but like, do they have the complete records of every animal on Terra, or did they just have a couple? I mean, they we're, should. we're getting off the point, guys. Pretty common. <laughs> your is team is going to let everyone in the city know that a bank heist is going on, and they're never going to actually get away. Like, the, at the end of a bank heist, you need to be sneaky. You need to let, uh, like, you need to. Fifteen-second warning.
2: So the, <laughs> the news is going to be a raccoon. Broke into a bank, stole all the money, and got away on a tank, which drives at two miles an hour. Okay, listen, I just like to say. The news for
4: you is gonna be the Joker. People dress
2: up in baseball (laughs) hats and sunglasses
0: and get away from banking. Final
2: statements 20 seconds, men and go. I think the Joker is a wild card. He kills everyone. You know, he sets that system like the Dark Knight. He makes George Clooney be part of it. We kill Jason Bourne. We kill the driver once he's delivered the goods. (laughs) And uh, we got the money right there. Kill George Clooney? Sure, why not. (laughs) <laughs> time, David,
0: 20 seconds, go 75% of my team is actually con men That's all
2: I have to say
1: Alright, with time <laughs> to spare
4: Carson, 20 seconds, go My team is absolute professionals They've dealt with adversity But the people who survive Are going to survive and do the rest of their job What movie
2: is Gigi from again? The racer the Ex- I band. don't know what that is that's, <laughs> yeah, that's not a movie
4: <laughs> My team is not hindered by your complete fucking lack Of cinematic knowledge, goddammit <laughs>
1: All right, uh, I will need to take time to deliberate. Um, if Carson, if you might, uh, let's take it, give me a, a couple minutes.
4: Uh, okay, so while you're thinking about that, we're going to go to a clip break. Uh, so, David, how about you introduce your clip for us?
2: Oh, my clip. My audio segment.
4: What is it about, David?
0: So the actual clip that I picked was from A night's Tale. It's actually one of my favorite movies of all time uh i enjoyed it very much and i'm gonna play it for you
5: my lords my ladies and everybody else here not sitting on a cushion today today you find yourselves equals you are all equally blessed, for I have the pride, the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights, a knight Mm -hmm. who can trace his lineage back beyond Charlemagne. I first met him atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God asking his forgiveness for the Saracen blood spilt by his sword. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the would-be ravishings of her dreadful Turkish uncle. Oh. Oh. In Greece, he spent a year in silence Just to better understand the sound of a whisper? And so, without further gilding the lily, and with no more ado, I give to you the seeker of serenity, the protector of Italian virginity, the enforcer of our Lord God, the one, the only, Sir von Lichtenstein!
4: Thank you for that clip, David. Uh, for our Twitter question on this one, uh, this come from an eight's tale that had both uh, Paul Bettany and Heath Ledger. So the question is, who would win in a fight, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker or Paul Bettany's Vision? <laughs> Definitely the Joker. Let us know. What? Wow. Uh, and now, after a uh, long anticipation, I'll hand it over to Paulo to announce his verdict for the last session.
1: Okay, I'm going to try and make this quick. Um, I I judged these bank heist teams on two main criteria. One, how much money did they get away with? Two, are they still able to perform more bank heists as they are after the first one? After the, my wild card completely fucked them up. Um, so, let's start with uh, David's team. Um, I'll admit the wild card did not affect them too much. Um I do think that Django Fett, after this loss of his son was done after the first bank heist, the only problem, it, he, they all could have gotten away, but the only problem was that they were driving a tank, which does not move very fast and was how stopped by the police. How fast does the tank go? It does not move very fast. Let me tell you how fast it goes. Uh, I do not have time for you to Google this. <laughs> uh, it does not move very fast. Uh, they were stopped by the police uh, and they've all gone to jail. In a tank? Yes. You play Grand tank. Theft Auto, they get caught. <laughs> uh, Manon's team. It was... No, like, I did like the, uh, the essence of uh, three scumbags and one brash leader. The getaway vehicle is where they all, it all fell apart. Uh, Manon's team. Um, Dave, sorry, David, would you like to say something? A
0: tank goes 112 kilometers an hour. Alright. What a poli- kind of <laughs> tank is this? Every police play car play. goes like. 200 plus. But it's a tank. It has ammunition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on to Manon's team. Um, they did steal a lot of money. I put a lot of weight on Baby Driver. Uh, they did get away, but Jason Bourne, I think he was so well trained. A lot of your arguments were based on the Joker taking him out. I don't think he can do that because the Joker is a mastermind, but he's not a fighter. Uh, Jason Bourne took out a good three-quarters of a team. I think Baby Driver was the only one that got away uh, because Jason Bourne can drive. I mean, he can drive, but like Baby Driver is awesome. Uh, he did make a lot of money. He got away with his girl. I'll give him that. Uh, Carson's team... Um, The two surviving members were uh, Michael Atwood and the driver from Driver. He doesn't have a name, does he?
4: His name is Driver.
1: His name is Driver. (laughs) Also known as Ryan Gosling. Um, I think uh, John Wick and... Oh, sorry, no. John Wick and Sam didn't exactly cancel each other out. John Wick killed Sam. But Carson did mention that Gigi took the bullet and he gave himself up. For John Wick's uh revenge uh war path, <laughs> which at least slowed him slowed him down enough for the driver and Michael Adwood to get away. So they did split the money. Uh, it was the biggest take, and I don't I don't know if they can uh rob more banks after this, but they do have a lot of money and they're not dead like the other two teams. <laughs> or sorry, in dead or in jail. Not dead. <laughs> But I will have to uh, begrudgingly give this one to Carson. Begrudgingly? Because I'm tired of you winning. <laughs> I would just like to say if
0: anyone in the audience thinks that Paulo is absolutely wrong like the rest of us, please tweet out to the Twitter handle or message us and DM us and let us know how wrong he is good thing we that my team has win. actually won hey, this gamble. Tweet us who Gigi is good luck I still to don't you. know.
1: I've been saying tweet us and uh, no one has done it for us. Well, I guess you haven't been wrong yet.
4: Because I won the verdict and i won nobody responding already. <laughs>
1: No okay, um so I'm gonna to move it move things quite a al- uh, quite along to move things quite along. sorry, English is my second language. I'm gonna Hopefully kick it over to Carson for our uh, for our <laughs> next uh for our next segment uh Carson, take it away.
4: okay, so for our last segment of the day, we're gonna be doing uh pitches. uh the idea for this one uh, takes a little bit to explain, so I'll try to do my best here. uh the idea here is. Pitch an idea for a movie where you're following the exact same events that are in an existing movie, except the twist is that it's from the perspective of a side character or the perspective of some other character. So the idea should be, even though you're following the same events, it's going to be different enough because of the perspective that you're telling it from, that it's its own unique movie, it's interesting enough. Uh, So this should be uh, quite the challenge. Uh, I'm interested to see how each of you uh, take it on.
1: If I may, this is like a, the brainchild of my, my teenage years. So a good example of this would be Star Wars A New Hope, but from the perspective of Biggs Darklighter. So like taking it away from the perspective of like the main heroes like Luke, Leia, Han, um, if you tell that story from Biggs' uh, Biggs's point of view, it becomes a story of how he joined the Rebellion, he left his friends behind, Luke... And then he ended up uh, destroying the Death Star with his best buddy, but he gave his life in the end to save Luke, to uh, save the day. Uh, that's kind of the, the kind of thing I was going for.
4: So if Paulo doesn't win this, this is going to be extremely disappointing. This game. is going
1: to be crushing for my life. I will uh, retire from <laughs> the podcast
3: him. game. Um,
4: okay, so I think that's a, a good enough intro for me to throw all the pressure back on Paulo. How about you start us off? Give us your pitch.
1: All right, the movie I picked was uh, based on the film Memento, uh, which was like a film noir type thing. Um, it was basically about a guy who, uh, throughout through a uh, home invasion, his wife was murdered by uh, two uh, these two t- criminals, but uh, they only be- uh, the police only believed that there was one. Because through evidence or whatnot, and also that through in throughout the course of the attack, he lost his memory. He had uh, he got amnesia. He has short-term memory loss. So um, the the movie uh, itself is told in a scrambled uh, it's a scrambled order. Uh, it's not from start like it's not in chronological order, which is uh, it makes it confusing. But it's told from the point of view of the guy with amnesia, the victim who is trying to find his wife's killer or the the remaining criminal of the two man team that were that killed his wife. Um, I'm telling this from the perspective of a cop uh, named Teddy, who uh, appears to be helping uh, Leonard, who is the victim, um, find the, the second killer. So uh, the movie is basically it's told in chronological order, no uh, mixed up uh, no mixed up timelines like the original. So it's uh, easy for the modern audience to follow. Um, and it's mostly about how uh, Teddy the cop uh, manipulates uh, Leonard into finding these criminals, like these unscrupulous characters into... Uh, murdering them or like arresting them to further his own career as a cop because his uh, he's been struggling after the first uh, the first couple years of him trying to help Leonard find the real killer the only problem is that after he finds the real killer um, Leonard forgets and uh, this leaves the door open to Teddy uh, using him Um, so uh, the story goes along. Um, they just keep finding these these guys, these John G's, quote unquote, because this is the only evidence that, or the only memory that um, Leonard has of the of the original killer. Um, and uh, Teddy keeps using this to uh, to Teddy keeps using this to uh, find other criminals. But then um, through a a series of event, a series of events. Um, Teddy, like he, he finally sees the air. Not sees the air. He starts to have doubts about like using this poor man, uh, who's trying to find his wife's killer. And he, he, uh, he, he's about to uh, tell him the truth and like just give up this uh, this uh, facade when um, Leonard ends up killing him because, unbeknownst to Teddy, Leonard has uh, uh, he he uh, left clues to himself. To name him to name Teddy as a John G and then at the end of the movie when he's about to confess everything he kills Teddy Can I explain everything I think I did there's more whatever I'm out of time oh no I'm not out of time <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically there, there, there's a whole twist where um, after one particular uh, victim where they uh, Teddy helps Leonard kill him um, it, acts, it sets in, in, uh, in motion a series of events where um, Leonard uh, meets the girlfriend of the victim and he tells the girlfriend of the, of the random John G about his condition and she decides to use him and it, in, that, uh, in turn, that makes her turn... That Oh, Jesus Christ. In turn, that uh, leads the, the girlfriend to turn Leonard onto Teddy and uh, there's a huge reveal at the end where um Leonard has left clues to himself through uh, uh Polaroid pictures to not trust Teddy and that leads to teddy's death uh it's a tale of huh I did recast it um Teddy, who originally was uh Joe Pantoliano, I recast him as uh, Matthew McConaughey because he uh he plays a very good slimy character, but he's also suave to like uh, to. To steer um, Leonard, the amnesia guy, in uh, the wrong direction. Um, the Leonard, who is like he's a kind of a he's a strong guy, but he's kind of clueless. Uh, I cast John Bernthal, who's uh, Shane from uh, The Walking Dead, um, and Natalie, who manipulates uh, Leonard into killing the protagonist of our story, Teddy, uh, is uh, Kristen Ritter, who plays um, Jessica uh, Jones. Jessica Jones, thank you. And also, there's a, whole, there's a little bit of a side plot of uh, Teddy's uh, police partner who tries to uh, talk him out of this when he finally figures out what he's doing. It's played by Michael Shannon. Uh, Teddy ends up killing him, and then he has a whole like, wave of regret, which leads him to, to Last stopping. Last it directed by? It's directed by David Ayer. He okay. did End of Watch.
4: So, two minutes <laughs> for you guys to attack his idea. <laughs> uh, a certain question I'll throw out there is are we cheering for Matthew McConaughey or no
1: he's the he's the epitome of anti-hero because he's you know he's doing a very bad thing but then the whole twist like the whole like gotcha at the end is that he's like decided that he's doing a bad thing but then when he's about to like uh to uh, give himself up he gets killed by the guy he's manipulating
4: so curious, why not Joe Pantoliano?
1: Because uh, he's kind of old. Um, he, As a lead, I don't think he can uh, he can carry a, a, a big budget movie on his own.
4: So is there any counter arguments from the audience here? That would go largely in favor of Paulo if not.
0: <laughs> I have zero counter arguments because I've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it. Fantastic. <laughs> wow. Wow. The director choice. Yes. Wow.
1: We've, we've clearly not been paying attention. Wow. Things are looking good for me. I,
4: I will personally say I'm offended by this pitch. Uh, that you've taken one of the greatest movies of the last twenty years and taken about the thing that made it greatest, which was the ability <laughs> to tell it like backwards, like that, and to put yourself in the perspective of somebody who was actually has memory loss and figuring out as they would. Uh, it's one of the most genius things that's been in cinema, I think, in the last 20 years. And to take that out is like, what do you have left? You have just the story. So I'll throw that out there. I did mention
1: that this is a retelling for a modern audience, which makes me sound very snobby, but I don't give a fuck. It
4: makes you sound like the modern audience is dumber.
1: I know. That's why it sounds snobby. All right. But no one's listening anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, great point so, Paulo that uh, was
4: my my verdicts and my rating scale at the end of this but uh, going on to the next pitch we will have Menon next uh, okay take it
2: away. so I am going with uh, a, a retelling of The Departed um, I'll just start with I'm not going to recast this this cast is insane it's got Matt Damon <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio it's directed by Martin Scorsese uh, Alec Baldwin's in it um, and uh, the dude at a lot of the Laker games Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Will Ferrell? No. (laughs) The main dude. At Laker games? Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Uh, The fact that I couldn't... Anyway. The point being, okay, so I'm just going to give a a brief uh, uh, retelling or summary of the the part of this. Essentially, um, uh, Jack Nicholson's character is uh, part of the, or the main person in the Boston Irish mob and they rule the south side of Boston and run all the businesses and um, are heavily into drugs and uh, in business with uh, China to create all kinds of stuff. China. 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 China China or China? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, essentially, uh, Matt Damon's character is, um, from the very beginning, from as a child, um, almost molded to become a cop uh, in order to... um, be a mole in the, uh, the Boston Police Force um, at the same time they, in, uh, the Boston Police Force infiltrates uh, the mob by sending their own mole in. so it's essentially uh, a story of uh, one mole um, against the other mole and uh, I think it's one of the, the, the best movies or one of my favorite movies as you can kind of uh, tell from my earlier uh, scene slash um, that, I, that I picked not a co-op um, no exactly <laughs> so I uh, would be uh, my script or, or rather the pitch of the movie would be uh, it would be from the character um, uh, Dignum, who is played by uh, Mark Wahlberg he's one of the sergeants in the police uh, the Boston police force so how it would kind of work is that he would be uh, the movie would start at the very beginning and, and it would start with his, his dad or uh, his family wanting a family business that is actually in the south side of boston and large part of all profits and everything is controlled by jack nicholson's character all the money that's um that the business has made is essentially going to the mob and um growing up this is kind of his day to day um being afraid of kind of this lifestyle and which kind of bred him to become uh, a cop in the uh, the police force so he works his way up uh, creates a special investigative unit to help track down uh, Frank Costello, a.k.a. uh, Jack Nicholson's character and try to bring him down and uh, make the the city of um, Boston, Boston uh, with uh, a lot of uh, obviously get rid of this organized crime. Um, So what he does is him and the main captain, um, the name is uh, uh, Captain Queenan, they um, put a mole within his um, within Jack Nicholson's camp his mob uh played by leonardo dicaprio's character um and the reason they they uh what they want to do is essentially his life goal um uh, mark Wahlberg's character is to take down jack nicholson uh aka frank costello um so the story is essentially told in this way but somehow every single step the the mob somehow knows that for example going into a meeting or going into a uh um robbery or anything uh any of these scenarios they seem to always be one step ahead for example uh, always turning off their cell phones so the they couldn't track their um their whereabouts or aka like use their uh, their voice um or or hack into their phones uh so it got them to believe that there was a mole within the police force itself which obviously turns out to be uh matt Damon, and uh, the story kind of Uh, So he eventually figures out that um, Matt Damon's character is the mole because um, the Matt Damon's character, he is one of the detectives on the police force, puts um, a surveillance unit and a team uh, to follow uh, the captain um, who turns out to to get killed, and uh, that makes him very suspicious. And in the end, he uh, essentially infiltrates 15 seconds and <laughs> kills and he shoots Matt David in the head exactly <laughs> that's the point there's a rat
4: okay so, <laughs> I'll, so I'll open this up for you guys for counter arguments the one thing I'll say so far is we have two pitches for movies that are fucking phenomenal <laughs> that are basically pitched as those movies but not as good uh, so, <laughs> I would agree
0: with that
1: comment Um, not even just not as good because Dignam is a great character but I will say that it does sound like the exact same movie. It does. <laughs>
2: do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it's a great movie, <laughs> like you said. So uh, you're, you're trying
1: know. to operate on the strength of the original movie.
2: I like it. Yes. A sequel, maybe.
1: But it does. I do, what I do like is uh, how if, it's, if it is told through Dignam's uh, point of view... He's kind of like the clueless guy, where like, he's, he's putting out all these like missions, yeah. and then the, the criminals are, for some reason, some step a- one step ahead, and he has no idea exactly, why. Exactly, yeah. But I don't know if they can stretch that through an entire movie.
4: So, I'll give you a chance to
2: answer the obvious question here. How is it
4: different from the original movie?
2: I think the main movie kind of shows you both sides. It shows you the mole from Le- Leo's side. They show you like the, 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 uh, the police side, but then they also show you the, the uh, side of... The mob. I think on this particular movie, it would be one-sided. They don't un- like they don't have any sort of clue of what Matt Damon or Jack Nicholson's character are doing. We don't really find out that there is a mole within uh, the the police force. The like, blasted police the movie. force. Yeah, so we don't know. Like they put in all Boston. these special units. How is it that they're getting all these hints? How are they like getting around all this? Turns out there's a mole, and then. In the end, it kind of... It's uh, a huge reveal that exactly. it's Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And it's like, out of the blue, it's like, what, fuck, Matt Damon? You know? <laughs> so, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. I think it
1: would uh, be good if uh, The Departed didn't already exist. Because then the, the reveal would be awesome, except we already know, know that, that Matt it's Damon Matt is Damon. Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: Maybe. All right, interesting, interesting. <laughs> uh, we'll move it on to our third pitch of the day. Uh, David, take it away.
0: Okay, so uh my pitch is for actually told from a dis- different perspective of Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> so, I really like World War 2 movies and I very much never see uh, a World War 2 movie actually based on the perspective of anybody from any anyone from other than the allies, right? Are you trying to No, no, tell hold war on, as a movie disclaimer, from the Nazi point of view. Uh, absolutely, uh. but not really from that perspective. Okay. Here's here's the thing, right? Like I know it's a very touchy topic and I really do relate to the people who've actually gone through a lot and have had like horrible things happen to their families and all of that. I have Jewish listeners. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely, but here's it's the reality of it, right? So my perspective is really not to glorify any of the things that the Nazis did whatsoever or Germany in that time of year but the reality is that there is a German set of people who were drafted into this war um, that didn't really feel like you know they really belong to that you know we hear very much the victory side told of uh, the war but you know realistically I'm not sure there's tons of people who didn't want to fight for their country but got drafted anyway right Um, very much the people in the US, they're you know, some of them really like Donald Trump, I'm sure a lot of them (laughs) don't, but they kinda gotta go along with it because that's the political era they live in. So, all that being said, this is a disclaimer, I do not agree with
1: any of You're disowning,
0: you're disavowing your movie already. I'm I'm really trying to give it a disclaimer that this is just kind of what it is, and this is my perspective (laughs) of of a different side, right? So, uh Inglorious Bastards, different perspective. So I want to tell the perspective of Inglorious Bastards from the people or from the uh, Nazi group that's found in the bottom of the tavern or the basement of the tavern um, in the scene where the allies come in and kind of have to rescue Von Hammersburg to kind of get information for for them, right? So uh, the idea of the movie is that it's based on the group that's sitting in the basement and they are actually a group of people who've been assigned to von hammersburg to make sure that she's actually uh, loyal to germany right so uh they kind of are her escort in that whole basement scene right so the beginning of the movie actually begins with each of the individual lives of the characters uh within that group who kind of get drafted into the war of germany so they're not really there for, like, the gun-ho, let's go to war, let's take over, let's kind of, like, you know, make our country better, but rather, you know, our country's losing the war and we need to draft other citizens into this, into this war so that we kind of get momentum and are able to defend ourselves against the, the invasion coming from the Allies, right? Um, so, the movie is shot in the same kind of Quentin Tarantino style. If you want to know who her director is, I changed it from uh, Steven Spielberg. It's actually going to be Quentin Tarantino. Wait. No right. but he, <laughs> <is Quentin Tarantino. laughs> he did. It is. It is Quentin Tarantino. But you know, I was thinking maybe Steven Spielberg, maybe kind of more of like a Saving Private Ryan, more dramatic style. <laughs> but I kind of realized, you know, this kind of in, it's kind of justified by the way so you Quentin Began. Tarantino so you does kept the same director. I did. I really did. But really and truly, there's no glory in this movie. It's very dark, and it's very much like you know, it's supposed to be you know, like gut wrenching, right? So. The people who are drafted for this, who's sitting in the basement, I really couldn't tell you their names or the characters because they play such insignificant roles. Uh, they're probably, you know, named German 1, German He's 2, German 3. I'd have no idea who, even who that is. <laughs> <laughs> right? I couldn't tell That's you. That's strike
1: one for the Judge Carson. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this
0: is a general movie pitch, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, the movie would start with each of these characters who've gone through their lives. They're kind of just living in regular Germany. While the war is going on, and uh, they're lifting for citizens to be drafted into the war. Um, now, each of them is kind of going on through the things, and what is happening is that, you know, daily lives are happening. Guess what? You know what? Um, going to the grocery store, you're drafted.
3: No, you're Driving,
0: a got a ticket, you're drafted. And you should really get drafted to the war. So, um, just to kind of wrap it up, because I don't have much, that much time, but... These people go in, they get drafted, they go to boot camp, and they get sent to Paris to fight off the Allies. Uh, Within their group, they get, are the only ones who survive the actual invasion for the Allies, get pulled back. And what happens is that they all get assigned to von Hammersburg, to make sure she's allied to Germany. Once they go in, they go into the basement, and they all get killed by the Inglorious Bastards. That is the actual end point of the movie, and that's why they cross. (laughs) That's it.
4: (laughs) All right, we'll open it up for a couple minutes uh, for attacks on that. (laughs)
1: um i don't think quentin tarantino was he's i don't think he's the director you're looking for when you want sympathetic uh characters he he's really good at making movies where everyone's a piece of shit
0: (laughs) well that's 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 part of the thing Uh, that's part of the point though it's like it's very hard to make a sympathetic movie and not have audience feel certain ways about really sympathizing deeply with a, a cause that you know we all know may have been negative overall um But you know, you have to find a fine line between being able to be relatable and also being able to be, you know, what that kind of shit happens. That's what it
2: is. You're saying it's like these couple dudes that go into a grocery store, boom, you're drafted in the war. Then they fight this war, they survive, (laughs) and then one day when they're just partying or having a beer, they just get shot in the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> actually, yeah,
0: that's exactly what would happen.
1: Not much of a character. Yeah, arc not for much these people. <laughs>
0: no, there's there's really not much that much character. The, the part of the character that's actually built up for them is actually before they get drafted. You get to see their lives, their families, their children, or children to be. You you kind of have to have that moment to connect with them, um, but after they get drafted, it's more about camaraderie and meeting kind the people of, that they're kind sounds of like, like a very depressing movie. Like it movie. absolutely is. It's kind a dark movie. Yeah. It's not supposed kind of. to be a it's very like, these are happy great movie. people, and then they're dead. This is not- <laughs> absolutely, but that's what war is all about, right? It's you have great people, very relatable, very normal, and then they die.
2: Have you heard of the show The Man in the High Castle? No, I haven't. Um, so essentially, The Man in the High Castle, the TV show, is uh, it's. The retelling of like the World War World War Two, but as if, if Germany had won. So it's people living in the states in like the 1970s, 80s now time period, but Germany had technically won. So they speak German. It's a very like that type of community. A show. It's kind of similar to I don't know why plot, but <laughs> interesting. It's, it's a generic plot. It's, a generic <laughs> plot. Yeah. it's like before and after. Yeah, they survived.
4: Alright, so, verdict on this whole thing. This is tough. Uh, I like dark and depressing. I like things that are told from a cynical perspective. Uh... There's a lot of reasons why I want to like your pitch, David, <laughs> but you didn't know who Michael Fassbender is. Okay, can you can you tell me who that is, by the way? <laughs> uh, he plays Magneto in the most
0: recent X-Men one. Oh, I didn't recast anyone from this movie. I know,
4: but it's <laughs> not <laughs> fucking... You, like. then,
0: Rich, that would make
1: us hope that you know who it is.
4: So, that alone I'm going to have to disqualify you because I think he's one of the greatest actors of our generation. Wow. do not even know who he is. I will actually say one of the greatest actors of our generation. That's pretty Michael good. Fassbender. Steve Jobs.
0: I'd like to say my same disclaimer if any audience members would like to argue <laughs> and uh, you know tweet our tweet the handle. I will not allow give a comment. tweeters coming in. Please into let them know this. that no, 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 how right
1: I, I am in my on, uh, on in top my of dish. that I would like tweeters
4: please tweet us <laughs> more. I mean any. <laughs> Please tweet us. I'll ignore you, but please tweet us. Uh, Manon, I, I I like the concept. I like the approach. I, I think my biggest issue was, like, what's the difference between that and the original movie? Like, the original movie is so good, and I think, like, it probably would be a good movie. I think that's just my biggest complaint is, you know, how is it different? And uh, so there's that. Uh, and then with Apollo, there's take a brilliant movie idea and you created an interesting (laughs) idea out of it but then you
3: kind of deteriorated (laughs)
4: what's one of the like one of the most interesting and creative movie ideas of the last 20 years uh to create to award a winner so I'm, i'm giving this to paulo um i thought the idea of Going on multiple missions and this guy being a good guy because John, Joe Pantoliano plays him as such kind of a, a slimy asshole of being like, how could this guy do any good to being like, let's justify why you would want to take advantage of somebody with this disease. Like, I thought that was actually kind of an interesting twist. And so, he's been
1: Matthew McConaughey now.
4: And Matthew McConaughey, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right, so right, I right. guess thinking of this since your childhood has done you some good. <laughs> uh, by uh, a hair. We'll, the win. Well, well, we'll give you the win on this one. <laughs> A gray hair. <laughs> so a hair with, is a hair. <laughs> with that, we're going to bring this episode to an end. And like we always do, uh, we're going to sign off by saying, what are you guys looking forward to in October? Uh, Manon, how about you? What are you looking forward to?
2: Um, I'm actually looking forward to, obviously, the Blade Runner. Um, Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford. Canadian director. I don't know who it is, but he's Canadian. <laughs> that much I know.
4: Denny Villeneuve.
2: That's why why Carson's here. Um, Way too fucking excited for this movie. I also (laughs) want to see Murder on the Orient Express. It comes out in November, early November. That counts. It counts. But I think it's got a solid cast.
3: It counts. It's based on a book. (laughs) Uh,
2: I think it looks fantastic. I'm very Uh, curious to see it. Cool. David, how about you?
0: Uh, I'm actually looking forward to Flatliners. So I like horror movies. Um, You know, there are rarely any really good ones. So, I mean... Flatliner's kind of perspective of where people are going to die and come back to life, and they
4: kind of seen shit and can't come back
0: from that. So Have you seen the original? No, I haven't. I didn't even know there was an original.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, it's a September release. Uh, although I don't know as we're,
0: of, uh September 29th. When does it come we're out? We're
4: recording this. It hasn't been out yet. So So we'll
0: it's technically October. But it was The Keeper, business March days 30, have ended. Keeper Sutherland <laughs> was in the
4: original, uh, it was and Kevin Bacon.
0: That's a thumbs down for
4: Kevin
1: B. Um, <laughs> uh, in the interest of not choosing Blade Runner, I plicked... I picked. Oh, plicked? man. I'm drunker than I thought. I picked The Foreigner, starring Jackie Chan, his uh, triumphant <laughs> return to cinema. And
4: from your best American bond. cinema.
1: From my best bond. Pierce oh, Pierce yeah, Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he's in it, too. What? Pierce Brosnan. P- Brosnan. F- Pierce Brosnan and Jackie Chan are mm-hmm. both in this movie. It's um, a movie it's, the... it's a dark movie. It's not Jackie Chan uh, fooling around, fighting people with umbrellas. It's him on a revenge story, a la Taken by Liam Neeson. I don't think it's going to be good, but I'm curious to see what it's like.
4: <laughs> uh, for myself, I'm looking forward to The Snowman, uh, which features, as previously mentioned, one of the best actors of our generation, <laughs> Fassbender. Uh, it's from a Swedish director who made Let the Right One In, which is a great story about a little girl who was a vampire and Mm. actually ripped people's head off uh playing a detective finding a serial killer his character's name is harry hole harry hole his name is harry hole like hole hole (laughs) harry hole uh is that a major plot point of the movie like a harry hole yeah like a a harry hole oh nice uh but i'm actually it's actually gonna be a pretty good movie i think (laughs) uh,
1: so. <laughs> I love that. That's what we fixate on. <laughs> Harry Hole, <laughs> great movie, great actor. His name is Harry Hole. <laughs> Harry Hole.
4: <laughs> so with that, we will end the episode for this month. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to Dan and Menon for stopping by and uh, gracing us with your presence. Absolutely, what thank a you pleasure. for having us.
3: Woo! Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>